Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Look, you're in a safe place. You, <laughs> yeah. can, you can say you can say how you feel. Yeah. Nobody listens. I love when you're powerful if you're listening. <laughs> Pavel has come up on this podcast once or twice, and I, I don't think if he really knows that he's he's a big hit on the German channel. What do you mean? But he's been in a few videos, and they love him. Pavel's been in some yeah. videos on the channel. The, yeah, they absolutely love him, the community on there. In case anybody doesn't know, we actually have a German YouTube channel and an English YouTube channel, which Matt is the star of. And the Brazilian. Well, oh, we have a Brazilian one Italian. too. And Italian. Yes. And Italian. I would say star. I'm the only one who does it, so. <laughs> I'm the best and worst. But At the same there. time. Yeah. But you are a star. I mean, you get stopped for autographs on the train, yeah. don't you? Didn't somebody, that's twice. true, isn't yeah, it? Didn't somebody happened, stop yeah. you? Someone in the gym, actually, as well, about a month ago. <laughs> Completely ruined my workout. He was like, he came over and he said, oh, are you, are you do you, can we like swap in and out? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he was obviously testing to see if I spoke English to see if it was me. He was like, oh, you're my friend from one football. I love blah, 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 blah. So anyway, so we was chatting for like 15 minutes and I was like, oh, it's your set. It's your turn. He's like, no, no, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, oh, mate, you've just wasted like 15 minutes of me thinking I was waiting for your turn. And it was, um, yeah, it was something. Did he ask for a photo? No, he asked my number because he wanted to watch footy. And I was like, yeah, right, I'll watch a game of footy with you, mate. You give your number out? Yeah, but not like... Did you tell him you have a girlfriend? Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> my girlfriend knows the story, so... <laughs> I think if somebody asked for my number, I would just say no. Can you do that? Can you just say no? Just give the email. Yeah, of course. Podcast like, at onefootball.com. <laughs> he seemed like a cool guy and wanted to watch some football. I was like, yeah, sure. I do that most of my time anyway. Well, I never get recognized. Joanna gets recognized. Mm. Uh, we did something recently where uh, somebody was like, oh, hey, I know you, which I found hilarious. Joanna, not so much. <laughs> Dan, I don't know if you get recognized, do you? Uh, no, I prefer anonymity, to be honest. Yeah. Could you imagine being famous? How awful that would be. It's my worst Co- nightmare. People constantly looking at you. I feel like that sometimes anyway, like... A bit like, I hope no one talks to me today. And <laughs> what? No, no just, just when you go to the supermarket or something like that, right? You don't want just yeah, people of course, to yeah. strike up a conversation. That's with what your headphones are for. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. just don't want any repercussions from your Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> people think yeah. being famous yeah. would be great. I think it'd be awful. Honestly, I'm not even joking. Like that sort of Kim Kardashian, Kanye West oh. thing. Oh, that would be my worst nightmare. You, you haven't seen people recognize anyone until you go somewhere with Nico. Oh, Nico. Oh, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, another level. And yeah. I think asking people for photographs is really rude as well, celebrities. Why? Just leave them alone. Yeah. Why, why? why do you need a photograph with someone if you see them in the street? Just leave them alone. And you're not going to, what are you going to do that photograph? Yeah. You're not going to sell it. It's not going to work. Whenever anything. you see someone with a photograph yeah. with a celebrity, the celebrity never looks happy to have that photo taken yeah. of them. Hmm. Unless the, the person is bigger than that celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I think they take the pictures because they hope they will be bigger at some point. And then, you know, those pictures that you see, like Mbappé with someone else, yeah, with Mbappé someone, was a kid. What about, asking, usually forced what about asking for an autograph then? Is that rude? That's like the, well, the photographs and the new autographs, isn't they? No one asks for autographs anymore, yeah. I would say. But I don't think they do now. I watched because a video. everyone has a camera. For uh, autographs yeah. were, but isn't it, isn't it f- an autograph cameras. is, oh, now I'm going to show my age here. Autograph is a bit nicer now. It's kind <laughs> of a. Nah, because it's just a scribble. Yeah, but if it's in but a it's jersey, a, it's okay. Yeah, true. But, but then a you're photo, like, I can Google image a photo of Firmino. But, but then if you, who are you showing it to? If you said, "Oh, hey, mate, look whose autograph I got," and it's a scribble, and they're like, "That could be anyone." Well, <laughs> I'm a, you could have written that. 
I might show it to you. You might be impressed. <laughs> yeah. Unless someone has a really basic one, like CR7 is just his signature. Is that how he signs it? I don't know, but I'm guessing he's the kind of guy who would. It's his birthday today. It is. Yeah. And Neymar. And Carlitos Tevez. And Tevez, yeah. Georgie Hachi as well, I think his birthday is. Who's your favourite? Who's your your favourite of the three? Neymar, Carlos Tevez or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Tevez. But if you want your kid to be a good football player, make sure to have the birthday in... Five of February. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's my stepmom's birthday today, and she's terrible at football. So <laughs> you I'm blowing your theory right? out of the water. Shout out to your, shout out to your stepmom. Shout out to her. She's on quickly. Holiday. Let's. We'll, I want your answer, and then we'll do the intro for this podcast because this is going on. Yeah, sorry. Uh, We're not doing the podcast anymore. Just keep. Yeah. We're just talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ronaldo, Neymar, or what was the other one? Tevez. Tevez. Or Tevez. Oh, Ronaldo. Okay. It's pretty conclusive. Yeah. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Fine. 2-1 <laughs> What's that great route? No, okay, we'll, come on, we'll, we'll crack on with the podcast Okay, joining me, Ian McCord on today's One Football Podcast is Matt Froelich Hey Dan Burke Hello And Joanna Bueno Hi Should you wish to get in touch, tell us what you think, send over any questions, etc, etc, etc The address to do so is podcast1football.com We need to go off script uh, because Lionel Messi went off script yesterday he did. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday mm-hmm. Who knows what days are these days I thought he was this mild-mannered, quiet dude. All of a sudden, he's tattoos, he's got a beard, he's calling out the club on, on Insta. <laughs> <laughs> the gram. <Yeah>. The gram. <laughs> Matt, what happened? Um, well, he sort of reacted furiously to um, Eric Abedal's comments. So he was, um, he was basically calling out the team and how he saw that they weren't really trying and they were unfit for purpose. Abidal. Um, Abidal was... And basically blamed them on on the eventual sacking of Valverde. Abidal is sporting sporting director. director. And um, yeah, in his interview said that a few players weren't doing enough. I sensed, he said, as a former player, I sensed within the dressing room something wasn't right. Relayed this information to the board who then sort of said, well, we can't get rid of the whole dressing room. So Valverde, you're gone. And Messi was known before that as a big Valverde um, fan. And probably the reason he stuck around so long. Especially since last summer after the defeat to Liverpool. And so Messi said... So Messi replied with, if you're going to call people out, you've got to name names. Um, and then the, the team do take responsibility for their performances, of course, but then, you know, the sporting director should take responsibility as well. Or the, he didn't say sporting director, he said sort of the men higher up at the club should also take responsibility um, instead of just, you know, sort of trying to scapegoat and say it was all Valverde's problem. This is a sign Messi's going to leave at the end of the season. Well, the thing is, I believe in his contract, he is allowed to walk away at the end of any season he likes. That is in his Barcelona contract. What? Um, why, yeah. would he, why would they let him have that in his contract? Be it, uh, just a sign of faith. It was basically the same thing that Andres Iniesta signed a few years ago when it was seen as a lifetime deal. Mm. Um, so you'll always have a job with the club, but you can leave whenever you want. Messi's current deal runs out, I believe it's 2022. I believe it's two and a half years. It might be one and a half years. Abidal said at the end of the conference, of course, negotiations, negotiations are ongoing. There's a deal on the table for Messi, all this kind of stuff. But if okay. he decides I've had enough and wants to leave at the end of the season, he can, in his contract, walk away. He could join, say, for example, Derry City. <laughs> <laughs> if they offer him a, a lucrative deal with, you know, whatever the main produce is in Derry. Butter, I'm going to guess. Butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, he could probably get free pints in the pub. There you uh, go. Lionel. We could organize a house in 
the Brandywell, I, you know, somewhere in the Bogside. I'm sure we could do that. <laughs> I'm sure we could build a statue to him somewhere. Yeah. The Bogside sounds beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> the Bogside is a, it's a particular area. <laughs> it's a muddy it's, patch. <laughs> it's a particular but area. But anyway, yeah, that's the deal with Messi. So, so when's Abidal getting fired? Well, there was a meeting this morning, I believe, with mm. um, Josep Bartomeu, their president. Not quite sure what the outcome of that is, if anyone else does. I don't um, know. No resolutions until... Once said no. about meetings like that, you suspect they won't be biscuits at that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. I, th- I think the, the whole point is, though, Messi walking away is a final option and the club would pretty much fire anyone ahead of losing Messi. I thought everybody loved Abidal too. Well, maybe not it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You could be second favourite. You're still not first favourite, which is Messi. So, if it, you know, if it comes down to it, I'm sure Abidal will leave before Messi does. Okay. Um, I'm sure so Bartomeu will leave before Messi does exactly. I'm sure I'm sure everyone in the club will leave, leave before, before Messi yeah. does mm, that's true. Messi K on club yeah. just made that up off the top of my head off the top here he's good with improvisation he always comes oh. up with something he's got it written on his hand I can see no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> he's cheat notes. Uh, the transfer window was closed I would say it was the one of the most disappointing ones of all time Dan I never have any sort of hope for the January transfer window, really. It's always a bit of a damp squib, isn't it? Clubs can't really do proper deals because there's not a lot of money. Clubs don't want to let players go, so nothing ever really happens of interest. So you weren't shocked by how rubbish this one was? Not really, to be honest, no. But it was the lowest, I believe, ever in the Premier League? Spent, well, in terms of spent. The club that spent the most was Hertha Berlin, so I think that says a lot about the transfer window. Okay, across Europe, yeah. I'm not sure, but certainly in the Premier League, it was the lowest for years. Yeah. You were making the point in our chat that there was a lot of loan deals. There was a lot of loan deals. I think that's part of it's down to financial fair play, mm-hmm. sort of trying to offset the amount that you spend until next season. But also, it makes complete and utter sense to loan someone first, see how they're doing, and then say, yeah, you know what, it's not worth it. It just makes normal sense. I'm not quite sure why clubs didn't figure this out before, mm. to sort of try before you buy deal. <laughs> yeah, but the loan thing was going on in the summer transfer window as well. Like. Yeah, and it's been going on in Italy forever. It's yeah. changed a lot. You get a lot of bigger clubs loaning, trying to loan yeah. players. Yeah, like, and loaning yeah. big players like yeah. Coutinho to buy to Bayern. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To loan, didn't it, as well? And is Odion Igalo? Is he a loan? Uh, yes, mm. six month loan deal. Yeah. How, you were working the you were working the yes. night. It, I don't, yeah, I'm still none the wiser how all of this happened. Well, the story is that basically they, uh, obviously Marcus Rashford got injured, so United needed a backup striker for the rest of the season. They were linked with Islam Samani for sort of a week or so before, Salomon Rondon, all these kind of names. Salomon uh, Rondon? Yeah, who's, who's in China at the moment as well. Uh, Josh King, they made an approach for on deadline day. The story goes that he has the same agent as Solskjaer and Igalo also has the same agent as Solskjaer. So he might have gone... Can you get us Josh King? No. Have you got anyone else? <laughs> Igalo, go on then. Um, so they've got him on a six-month loan deal. They're paying 100k a week wages, which is a third of his wages that he was on in, in what? China. Yeah, a third? Yeah, Shanghai Shenhua he's been playing for in, in China. Um, however, there was another story, um, a French out, I think it was Foot Mercato, who said that they'd actually made an approach for him before the January transfer window even opened, that he was always a possibility for them, that they'd wow. kind of been eyeing up. And as the window progressed, they were like, this sort of backup option became the only wow. realistic option yeah. for them, which is quite interesting if they had identified him a month ago as a potential signing. Has anybody ever seen him play? He played for Watford, didn't he? Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did, did he? scored, I wrote oh, down, 40 yeah. goals in 100 games for Watford. 
He was Quite decent. Totally. I had totally forgot about that. That's true. He did play for mm. Watford. Yeah, so he's been gone for about three or four years now, I think. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. That's but I think, I think long enough for me to forget him. <laughs> with, with the loan deals as well, you're kind of basically able to draw money in when you're a club without eventually sending them. Like there's loan fees all the time. And mm. even though they're not a massive amount of money, I think the Agala one was like six million or something. Yeah, I think there's some bonuses attached to it. Yeah. So it could end up being about 11 million. Exactly. So yeah. so when you, when you loan a player out, you're making a bit of money, getting back, you make a bit of money. You do five loans, you're recouping his transfer fee. And the idea is, especially with better players, is that during that loan... Um, you get a bit of money, and if the player returns to you, whatever. And if the player has an absolute blinder, you're then going to be the selling club next summer when he's worth 60, 70, 80 million. You can have more. So the same thing sort of happened with, uh, with Luka Jovic as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know... He's been I mean, urged to sign for West Ham, I read. But, but Fra- Frankfurt bought him <laughs> in... <who? laughs> Frankfurt Don bought Hutchinson. him in on a loan, made him amazing then paid whatever the loan fee was and the rest mm. of it, which is 8 million to sign permanently and then made 60 odd off him for Real Madrid. So yeah. it's kind of, it's everyone sort of figured it out. It's working in a bigger favour. Mm. And now he's on his way to West Ham. Exactly. The pinnacle of every footballer's career. Yeah, exactly. Well, Carlos Tevez was there. He was, yeah. Javier Following Mascarano. Julian Faubert playing for West Ham and mm. Real Madrid. If you remember him. Oh, yeah. He's probably the weirdest January transfer ever, isn't it? We were talking about this in the office. Did Thomas Graveson play for West Ham at some stage? Uh, No. Don't know about West Ham. Well, he did play for Real Madrid. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Someone called him the new Zidane, Faubert, on his French debut when he scored. Who? Uh, It was someone like Zidane. He was given the number 10 shirt, Uh, everything. There's been about a thousand new Zidans. Gorkouf, loads of them. Oh, Chicharito is another one. This is really specific. I'll stop talking now. What about Chicharito? Did everybody see that Chicharito video where he was crying about going to LA? That is possibly the most offensive welcome to a new club ever. It's I can't a- believe I've left Europe for LA. <laughs> he I rang can't his dad I'm here. to tell him, didn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, he rang his dad to yeah. tell him and it was just super awkward. He was crying on the phone. Wasn't it something to do with his dad had had this dream that he'd play in Europe? Yeah. And he was like, the European dream is over now, dad, or something yeah. like that. I didn't actually watch <laughs> But he did play in Europe. Exactly, yeah. But he was kind of like, well, I've got to give up now. Yeah, he's like, shit. I've officially retired. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, LA are like, well, hold on. <laughs> we Welcome to LA. That was one of those transfers where it was like, I swore he already played for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Arsenal eventually got their hands on Pablo Mari. Did I pronounce that right? Mari. Mari. Uh, you've seen a lot of him over yes. the last while because he is of your club. Yes. And Very sad that he's leaving. What are they getting from him? Better than David Luiz. <laughs> okay. For sure. Oh, that's yes. not that I mean. like him a lot. <laughs> okay. I like him a lot. Better than Mustafi. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. What type of centre-back is he? Is it ball-playing? Tackle winning, what's ball up? Ball playing, uh, very good in air plays, like with his head, scores a few goals also, but he's not like David Luiz that just runs off the pitch whenever he wants. Very safe. You can, um, I think, was a great addition to Flamengo. And actually, it, he was pretty unknown when he came to Flamengo. And he belonged to City, but he was playing second division in Spain. So I had my doubts. I couldn't believe that he was playing in second division in Spain. Like, I mean, he could. I think Premier League will be a huge step, but he had the potential to be playing in big leagues for sure, big teams. Oh, he's playing in Flamengo, that's a decent standard. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is. But I, you know, he made a step up, now a step even mm-hmm. further, okay. but that's good. First Spaniard to win the Libertadores, wasn't he? I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think is he so. really? Yeah. yeah. Excellent stat. Wow, look at Dan. He's impressive today, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. 
who's the, ne- who's the next Flamingo player? Because they're all on Exodus at the moment. Uh, well, I think they're not leaving anymore for now. Like Abigail, he, he ran, well, he bought, he was bought by Flamengo now. And we're keeping more or less the same team as last year, except for Pablo Marie. And we got a Brazilian defender to replace him. But uh, Flamengo is very known in Brazil. Uh, academy is a good academy. is selling good players very young. You know, like Henier, they just went mm-hmm. to Real Madrid. So maybe we could wait a few months, a couple of years, and we're going to see another huge guy leaving. Okay. Um, one person who could potentially be leaving, Kylian Mbappe. <sighs> What's going on here? Anybody? Can anybody enlighten me? Is it, he's arguing with Tuchel every time I look around. I think he's been hanging around with Neymar for too long. Yeah, mm, yeah. Influence. He seemed like a pretty humble, simple guy, and now he's been complaining and doing some tricks on the pitch, like complaining a lot. Uh, I, I think he's just having bad influence around him. He knows he has potential to move to a different club or to a, a bigger league, and he's going to push his way out. He got subbed uh, while playing for PSG at the weekend. They were five 0 up, and he'd already scored. And he was complaining about being subbed and it's like what's the complaint really Tuchel's the coach you kind of got to respect his decisions he wants you to have a bit of a rest just come off and sit down and get on with it and yeah like Joanna said he's always seemed like a pretty humble kind of down-to-earth guy um but did you see that interview he did a few weeks ago with the BBC in English his English is really good he's been learning uh for a little while and it's really good this is because he's joining Liverpool right could be yeah well there's a thing he said he was like oh what PSG sort of took a chance on me when I was at Monaco and now I'm a superstar Took a chance. <laughs> Best young player in the world. But it was the superstar thing that got me. It was okay. like, he like he is a superstar. But you don't really say that about yourself, do you? And it makes me think that maybe he's sort of believing the hype a little bit. Oh. Maybe he was just lost for use of another English word. Potentially. Maybe. Yeah, potentially. I actually... I've, I would never refer it. to myself as a superstar. <laughs> Go on. I, I, I get it. I just think he was pissed off at being taken off. Why? He did, like Dan says, did yeah, five nil up, relax. Yeah, you can see that, but like, if anything, when you're five nil up and you can smell more goals, you want to go for it. I mean, if you're playing against a terrible team like Montpellier, were shocking. Um, yeah, you might as well. If you can sniff a hat trick in it for yourself, and we saw this earlier in the season when Ronaldo was taken off for two games, and Maurizio Sarri had to face that wrath. I, I, I think he is getting a bit too big, and he's realised, you know what, PSG's done. Right? I've com- completed French football. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that the ego is growing, but I rightly so, I'd say. Like if you're, you know, if there's so much hype and you're a superstar and you're 21 years old, you want to prove it every single second of every match. And he wants to stay on the field. And I think a lot of this is also due to the fact that Neymar doesn't get taken off. And if he does, it's extraordinarily late in a game. There was a stat that said on average Mbappe's off in the 73rd minute and Di Maria's off in the 76th. Um, and Icardi a bit before that. So he's kind of level with Icardi in terms of when he's subbed. And mm-hmm. that's obviously not sitting right. I don't know. Hierarchy of egos in the dressing room. And, you know, Neymar's probably got it in his contract that he's never subbed. You know what I mean? There's there's a real sort of ego drive from Mbappe to reach the top. But I don't, I don't blame him for it. Would it be more of a challenge for Mbappe to go to Liverpool rather than Real Madrid? Uh, well, in this day and age, maybe not. I mean... How are you going to make the best team better? Liverpool are doing just fine in the Premier League without him and the Champions League. So I guess historically, yes, because you would say that if if Liverpool were to stagnate, even for one transfer window, 
and they were to let the likes of Chelsea, United, City and Spurs by well put together a strong team, Liverpool would face more competition um, than Real Madrid would. And, you know, Liverpool could be one season, have a poor season like Chelsea always used to do, you know, and suddenly be sitting in fourth, fifth, sixth, maybe even out of that. Whereas Real Madrid can have a poor season and will be in the top three regardless. So, yes, historically. That's my point. I think he should join Liverpool. Mm. I don't see Liverpool paying the money. No, that's, that's going to cost. I, I, th- I think he would be amazing. I just this is not a Liverpool thing to do, mm. and I'm not sure it's. I'm not sure it's an English club thing to do. I mean, what's the English record? Is it still Pogba? Pogba 89. Yeah. While whilst whilst Juve, Barca, and PSG are splashing over hundreds and whatever, I'm mm. not quite sure it's an English football thing. It would be unbelievable <laughs> if it did. I, I just feel like sometimes the league is a bit of a slightly more souped-up version of Liga. You've got one or two, maybe four or five big games yeah. per season. I feel like he would have more of a challenge, learn more as a player in the yeah. Premier League than he would. Absolutely. I think he'd have more of a challenge in terms of being against the other teams. In terms of joining the best team, that would be Liverpool at the moment. Okay. Dan. Mm. Oh, no. Sorry. I've, I've gone right on ahead. I want to ask about Neymar's pink hair. Are we all fans? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very good. He... Uh, the preparations for his sister's birthday party are coming along well? Well, he said recently that he's going to make a life-changing decision, which mm-hmm. is to play football this season. That's interesting. So <laughs> we expect yeah. him not to be on his sister's birthday, but he just got injured right before. I mean, his sister's birthday, I think, is about a month. So. It's the same day as the Dortmund game. Yes. Mm. And he's injured now. So let's see when he can recover. Right. He, he, I think he, uh, he bruised a rib was the official line against Montpellier. Ah, didn't keep... play last night against Yeah, Norm. but apparently it was right after his birthday party. No, so he went out Sunday night. Yeah. He got injured in the game on Sunday. He watched, he played the whole match. Yeah. Then went and then out he went Sunday out night. And he was injured the next day, but he, not right yeah. after the match. That was a bit weird. Did you see the pictures from the party? No, I didn't. All white. I love that Memphis Depay was there. Like, he's got a shocking long-term injury. And plays for a rival of PSG. And then is hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Just there with all but the cookies. I like the all-white. Look nice. Looks slick. Very good. Okay. He got booked for showboating at the weekend as well, Neymar. Did you see that? Yeah, it was a bit nonsense, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a rainbow he, flick. You he also to got told to, he'll stick to the football. Yeah. He was berating yeah. the fourth official. He got told to speak French. And he said, speak French, my ass. In French, which was... Oh, he said it in French. Oh, he said it in French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, very nice. <laughs> I didn't know he spoke French. Did that you? Show him. I didn't know he spoke That's French. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what struck me as something unusual after the Manchester City game the other day mm. was Kyle Walker and Eric Dyer. Did you notice this Were they laughing and joking or something? Just, you know, like as if a match didn't happen, that they just bumped into each other in the street and they were like, oh, I haven't seen you in ages, how's it going? <laughs> didn't you find that odd? Uh, or were you too angry? I, I, to be honest, I didn't see it, so okay. I can't. It's hard to process something that I hadn't actually seen oh. um, because I just turned the TV off as soon as the game finished. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I don't really care. Too you don't feel a way about that sort of thing. No, not really. I can see why people think that, but at the end of the day, these players know each other right. personally off the field, and it's only a game, isn't it? I'm trying day. to whip up some faux outrage here, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't like it. I oh, there we go. Say. Yes. Yeah. Come on. You, you, you asked for it. Yeah. 2006, Brazil was eliminated in the World Cup in the quarterfinals by France. Mm. And at the time, Ronaldo Zidane and Robinho were playing in Real Madrid. Brazil just got eliminated in a shitty match that they play a shitty football. And the minute 
the match is over. Robinho jumps in the in the pitch running because it was in the bench and jumps in Zidane's lap as if in Zidane's arms as if you know they hadn't seen each other for forever as if they were lovers or something as if he was celebrating. <laughs> you just got eliminated even if he is your friend, you know, you you slap him in the back and you, you talk speak to him, to him, him afterwards room. or yeah. something, but you don't just jump into him with a big smile in your face. Um, Zidane did play very well in that game. Yeah, oh, of yeah, course. I, I mean, you could uh, congratulate Zidane if you were anyone else, <laughs> not the Brazilian team. There's probably an argument to be made that that was his greatest ever performance. It's, I think so too, I agree. It's worth going back and watching. It's and really, really, really amazing. then? Mm. And just running the show in a World Cup. After coming out of retirement too, because yeah. he'd retired yeah. from France. Yeah. Oh, spectacular. I think I told this before, but he, he did an article about this where he said he had some sort of vision that told him to come back and play for France. Real talk, fair play. Yeah. Real talk. Uh, Dan, uh, later old Palace defeat to Matt Spurs ah. <laughs> without their best player. It's all falling apart for City. Well, we lost to Manchester United last week as well, which and is the ultimate. <laughs> you also, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big deal. Uh, so my question is, how can a club with so many resources and so much investment be so far behind Liverpool? Mm, yeah, I mean that's the talk at the moment about this uh, this season. Like you know, I think even if City would have were having a good season this year they probably wouldn't be able to catch Liverpool who've dropped two points all season and been absolutely relentless and brilliant. Um, City are having a mediocre season by their standards as it happens. I mean, they've been missing some crazy chances recently. Um, the United game and the Spurs game, the last the last two have been ridiculous. I was watching that Spurs game and they were sort of missing open goals and stuff and you just got a sense in the second half that it's going to be one of those days and, and so, it, so it proved. Um you know, I've talked about it on the podcast before, the defence is, is not good enough. They've conceded six more Premier League goals already than they had in the whole of last season. Mm. Um, so that tells you all you need to know. They've you know, really missed Laporte through injury. I think they really missed company as well as a player because you know he was still really good when he was fit last season. But as a leader, I just don't think they've replaced that at all. And I think that has had a that was one of my worries before the season began, that they wouldn't have that same kind of figure in the dressing room and I think it's really been a big problem for them this season and, and it's one that's not easy to solve because where do you get a play like Vincent Company? again it's you could know, have people, kept Vincent Company. they could have done yeah but yeah. I, think, I think he decided that his time was up so, that, so they couldn't have done really two players I'd like to know more about Sterling yeah. how key is his uh, off form to how Man City are doing this season yeah I mean he's gone eight games without a goal now he's been really poor he looks he looks shot of confidence Weirdly, he keeps being played as well. He, do, he I think, he, he, I mean, he's injured at the moment. He, he looks like he's going to be out for two or three weeks, which is uh, what he needs. I think he needs a spell out of the team and someone else deserves a go. Um, Guardiola seems to be trying to play him back into form this whole time. It's just not been working. Um, again, he's been missing some awful mm. chances as well. So, yeah, they miss, they miss his goals. I mean... We say all this about missed chances and missing goals and stuff. They've they've scored five more goals than Liverpool in the Premier League this season. They were the first team in Europe's top five leagues to break 100 goals in all competitions. So that's not really been such a problem, aside from the past two games. It's just been a, a really strange, inconsistent season. Just when you think they're getting going, they drop silly points somewhere. Mm. And Ederson, that was the other player. Well, yeah. I also want to know about Gundogan, but I mean, you can you can go whichever one you want. Uh, I mean, Gundogan is a player who I've never really been wholly convinced by at City. He's a player who, when everything's going nicely and, and well, um, he will uh, look good. And when the chips are down, he doesn't really offer very much in a creative sense. I think his best position is, is the number six, but he's probably the third best player at City for that role. So he's never really going to get a consistent run of games there. Edison, I think, has quietly had a pretty poor season by his standards as well. 
Um, another feature of, of City recently is they've been conceding a lot from the first shot on goal, which is annoying. It happened against Spurs. Mm. Um, against it's United, just concentration it's issues shot on goal. as well. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think it is a bit of a freak of sort of mm. stats a lot of the time. But, I mean, Edison, you look at you look at the season Alisson's having. I don't know what the chat in Brazil about the two of us at the moment, but it was quite close between those yes, two yes. for the sort of Brazil number one jersey. Yeah. I think Alisson's definitely going to be the number one for the Copa America in the yeah, summer, isn't he? Sure. Edison is not at his level what, at all at the moment. So, yeah, it's been... No, I don't think anyone has had a good season for City. Even De Bruyne has been like a bit up and down. So it's, even, even De Bruyne? Even De Bruyne, even yeah. De Bruyne. yeah. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of stories about the players complaining about Pep. These yeah. stories don't come from nowhere, I'm sure. <laughs> no. Well, he had he kept them in the dressing room for 45 minutes after the Spurs game. 45 minutes. That's a long time to have a bald man screaming at you, isn't it? Yeah. And he's definitely <laughs> screaming. He's probably <laughs> yeah. touching you too much as well. <laughs> definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, but apparently it was a bit of an exchange of ideas. He kind of said to the players, what do you think we can do to, to sort this out? And one of the things that they said was, I think you changing your team around too much, tinkering with your formations and your team selections, um, which is something I thought for a while as well. He's not picked the same starting 11 in consecutive Premier League games all season. He's all made, season? No, he's made wow. like 45 changes, which is the most in the league, I think, in the in all competitions. It's something like 70, 80 changes. Um, so yeah, he does seem to just meddle with things and overthink things a bit too much for his own good, really. So hopefully okay. he'll take that criticism on board and try and... Because you look at Liverpool's team... They seem to play the same team every week. It's not the same team every week, but it feels like that. Hmm. Whereas cities, me and my mates actually have started playing a game on WhatsApp um, where before every game where we try and guess Guardiola's starting eleven, and none of us have got it right in like six weeks. Really? Uh, there's five people playing this game, and none of us have got it right yet because it's just so, he just always throws some weird curveball in there. It's a good game, that. Yeah. Is this his fourth season in City? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because I remember when he left Barcelona and mm. then went to Bayern Munich that he said that four is the maximum amount of seasons you yeah. can have in a club before you, they start losing that you know, motivation that mm. you get in the dressing room, like, you know, go for it, that you lose it. Yeah, with him, you could argue it's even three because that fourth season at Barcelona was when it all went tits up. Mm. Apparently, Johan Cruyff said, don't do four seasons, just do, just leave after three. And he, and he didn't take yeah. advice. He I, would three Bayern. Bayern. Yeah. I yeah. would take Johan Cruyff's advice for anything. Yeah, seems, He seems like an intelligent man. Uh, steamed hams on Twitter. That's a lovely Simpsons reference right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, steamed hams. That's Brilliant. a great one. That's a very, very good one. Uh, asking after the tuna loss at Spurs, Matt Spurs, uh, Pep leaving at the end of the season is guaranteed, right? No, I don't think so. I think he'll stay for one more year. He's got one more year on his contract. So I've thought for a, a stages this season that he might leave, um, but he keeps insisting that he's staying for the remainder of his contract. So it'd be quite surprising if he. Yeah, but he also says Dante is the best player he's ever had. That's true. Or, yeah, he talks a lot of shite. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, final question for you on City why do you have such problems with penalties I can't understand this I think I mean they've now they've had six penalties in the Premier League this season uh, scored three had three saved which isn't an awful return really I think City's problem was we got really used to having Mario Balotelli and then Yaya Torre just st stepping up and slotting them away like there was mm -hmm. no goalkeeper anywhere near it mm -hmm. and now they've got players who are quite fallible and it's I mean, Gundogan looked like he was the man to do it, and then he's missed against Spurs at the weekend. Mm, so, so let's talk of Ederson. I'd, I'd have him, yeah. Why not? I don't see why keepers can't take penalties. Yeah, yeah sure. Or you could bring back Balotelli. If you need a striker, hey, and you yeah. got Balotelli. Yeah, I'd have him back in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, a Premier League question for you, Matt. Mm. Is this Liverpool side the best Premier League team of all time? Ooh, 
Well, I mean... They've won nothing, but I'm asking it anyway. If the numbers don't lie, then yeah, I guess so. By the end of the season, if they you know, have record-breaking points... Which they um, will. Which they'll, yeah. break, they'll break 100 points easy this yeah. year now. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, the record for wins from City's one is 32 wins, I believe. I think so, yeah. Is the record. Um, and I can see them smashing that as well. Um, so yeah, in terms of records, it'd be hard to disagree. I think there's also recency bias, which I think we spoke about. I love recency bias. Which, which you know, makes it very difficult to compare to anyone. So when everyone compares the Arsenal Invincibles, you know, even though it was only 16 years ago and it feels like it's in a similar era, it's not. It's miles apart. <laughs> I, you know, I think that you look at their players that were brilliant. A lot of the players were brilliant in that Arsenal side. I think Liverpool would beat them today. This this team would beat the Invincibles. Fitness, hands down. fitness wise, they were. Fitness yeah. wise, speed wise, tactically, you know, the style of play, they just, oh, I think they'd hammer them. But, um, and also, let's not forget that Invincible side won one trophy. They can even play their under 13s and uh, beat Shrewsbury. And still win. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's really good squad depth. They didn't change too much, the Invincibles. And as I say, they were knocked out of the League Cup by Middlesbrough. Knocked out the FA Cup by Chelsea, I believe. Champions League, they lost to Valencia or someone. So, yeah, they you know they kind of focused on one competition and that was it. Whereas Liverpool are a serious, serious side. So you're saying the Invincibles were rubbish, that's basically... I'm not saying they were rubbish. I just say when you think back to them being you know an unbelievable team, they had an unbelievable season. Should we add this to your hate list? No, I mean, oh, this is Arsenal, so yeah, oh, okay. of course. It's um, top of the hate list. Yeah, this is the top of the hate list. He also, that, he also hates Watford for yeah, some I've reason. I've been listening to this. Yeah. 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 Sol Campbell was in that side as well, so that's definitely uh, top of the hate list. But okay. Liverpool, uh, yeah, they're a different animal. And as you say, they can throw out the under-23s and still... I reckon they should do it against Chelsea in the next round of the FA Cup. Why not? Give it the under-23s. I mean, Chelsea so are pretty much playing their under-23s. So. Yeah. Uh, anything to mention from the FA Cup action? Wayne Rooney returning to face United. Yeah, that should round. be an interesting Derby one. Derby, Derby beat Northampton. Oh. So yeah, Waza back against uh, back against United would be very funny if they knock him out. Not unrealistic, although Derby, Derby yeah. are having a poor season in the championship. Yeah, I mean the, the Derby. I, I checked this actually the other day. Are the epitome of mid-table. 30 games, 10 wins, 10 draws, 10 losses, 10 points behind um, the playoff <laughs> places. They, they're just so bang in the middle that mm. it's just it's just quite funny. So Ge- geographically too. So it fits, yeah. fits quite well. <laughs> yeah. I watched the Oxford-Newcastle game, which was quite good last night. Oxford scored a 94th minute You watched equaliser. Newcastle-Oxford last night? I had night? it on in the background, let's oh, say okay. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they scored a brilliant equaliser. Yeah. Uh, Oxford must have been the best moment of Alex Mott's life. <laughs> and uh, went to extra time and then uh, Alan St. Maximan scored a really good goal for Newcastle I to, saw that. to win it. He almost broke the net. He hit it so hard, the ball. Have you seen the Newcastle fan celebrating in the stand? I saw it today and almost died of laughter. <laughs> he spent all morning watching that. <laughs> it, in. Got, it got sent to me by Paddy Higgs this morning. Did and you notice there was an advertising holding for Viagra just below I, it I, well. I noticed no. that afterwards. Oh yeah. Who celebrates God. like that, though? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I just Tears were rolling down my face watching it today. <laughs> Just a quick one on, on Liverpool before yeah. we move on. So they need six more wins to win the Premier League now. That's all? That's a minimum of six. So if City drop points in the next six games, they'll win it earlier. They could win it at Goodison Park on the 16th of March. If not, over the following game, Crystal Palace at Anfield. That would be sweet for them. Yeah, the next game is City at the Etihad. So City would have to give them a guard of honour. 
I'm supposed to be going to that game. I think I might go to Ikea that day instead <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> uh, they, they could break, break Arsenal's Invincibles record as well. That'll be 50 matches unbeaten in the Premier League if they stay remain unbeaten until the City game. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations, yeah. Liverpool. And the earliest the title has ever been won is the 14th of April 2001 in the Premier League. Was that So they could do it on the 16th. Yeah, it was, yeah. They could do it a month earlier, so... I think we have to say they okay. are probably going to be the best team in the Premier League history. Congratulations, Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, now, Joanna, you have too much time on your hands uh, these days, which means you can sit down and watch Eredivisie. i got to admit, from the start, I'm a Sparta-Rotterdam fan. Yeah. I, there's two reasons for this. Yeah. Okay. First of all, they wear red and white like Derry. Obviously, very important. But, also, you know, almost all the teams there wear red and white. So. Okay, well... Yeah, that's a good point, but don't... Why is that? Don't mention I that. I have absolutely no idea, but when you see it, I think it's at least more than half the teams. Mm, that's in true, the actually. I thought yeah. that, yeah. Also, as a former classical scholar, I also, I always preferred Sparta over Athens. Athens, it seems, they always talk too much, Athens, you know? <laughs> Sparta, I feel like Sparta got shit done, you know? Yeah. They used to shave, uh, before a woman got married in Sparta, they used to shave her head. There you go. Why? Okay. I think it was some sort of religious... Uh, thing. I've done my research on football, but not on the team. <laughs> you haven't done the you haven't done the shaven head thing. No. Okay. Um, it also turns out that Matt is a big Eredivisie fan, which he told me while I was getting a coffee earlier. Didn't okay. know that. Mm. Uh, but you want to start with Ajax? Yeah. They're in crisis because they haven't won in what ten minutes or something. No, I wouldn't say it's a crisis, but yeah, they lost three of their last six matches. So for Ajax, uh, in a season where their main opponent PSV is not doing well. That could be, you know, a start of a crisis, let's say. But I'd say it's mostly because I have absolutely no idea what's going on in their physical fitness preparation of the team. They just had one month off. They have seven players injured from their starting 11. So seven? Main, mm. Seven out of 11. So that's huge. And also most of them are, you know, some of them are very young. And uh, I watched IX PSV in the weekend. Two players got out in the first half for muscle injuries and then another in the third, in the, in the second half. And you could see that in the second half they were struggling to run in the pitch. Hmm. So how can that be with you just had one month off? Um, the coach has been blaming, you know, the calendar and all those fixtures and everything. But you can see Premier League. They didn't stop for winter. They didn't stop for Christmas. Mm -hmm. They run a lot more in the pitch. And, you know, Liverpool has been there more or less with the same starting eleven. So I don't think it has to do with the calendar, especially being Brazilian. And the Brazilian calendar is even worse than the English. Mm. But there's something wrong there. And if they don't get it fixed, if they don't get people fixed, their players mm. Um you know, Aze Alkmaar is right in the corner. Uh, how are they coping without uh, De Ligt and De Jong? Are they doing okay? Yes. I mean, they're, they're top of the league, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're doing okay. But uh, I think that they kept some of their other stars that were hoping to get another, uh, a big transfer to a big club, like Van der Beek was connected to Real Madrid during summer. Mm. And um, they kept those stars in, in order to maintain more or less the same team and to do well and to go to Champions League round of 16, quarterfinals, you know, more or less what they did last season. So they're, they're doing okay, but as you see, they did not go <laughs> forward in the Champions League. So I think in domestic level, you know, they're still the strongest team, even if they still have players injured. But uh, it, you can see a difference, okay. for sure. 
Do you have time to watch the Eredivisie? Um, I have bits of time to watch the Eredivisie. I do catch up with a lot of the uh, a lot of the the highlights and the games. Um, I don't watch all of them live. I didn't catch the Ajax PSV game. Um, but yeah, Ajax. Funnily enough, I, a quick word on them because you're friends with Ajax. Well, friends with Ajax. We did do a very interesting piece on Ajax mm. um, on the English YouTube channel. But I, I feel like their their seasons have almost swapped. Last season, they were in a really, really tight title race um, with PSV. Um, they ran them all the way to the end. And at the end, it was one point they finished above PSV. Whilst having an incredible Champions League. And this season, they started really well in the Eredivisie. Have had a really poor Champions League run. They're now in the UA for... Um, sorry. UEFA Cup. That was old school. Yeah, the <laughs> um, they're Cup, now yeah. in the Europa League. And um, yeah, their their Eredivisie season actually started incredibly well. They are now only three points ahead of um, of Alkmaar, I believe, in second. Yes. Um, and further behind that, PSV is sort of lurking in fourth. It, it seems to have switched. And I feel like, like Joanna mentioned with the injuries... They're really lacking consistency because last season, when everyone saw them in the Champions League and they had that best team out and they were fantastic, it was quite easy to ignore the fact that they weren't always playing these great players in their Eredivisie. They were sort of, you know, moving along and they were able to, to swap in and out. Now, I feel like they've lost a lot of players. The ones that come in aren't at that level, which isn't their fault. You know, you can't bring in another De Jong and De Ligt and whoever. Um, so, yeah, I feel like they're kind of, they're struggling a bit with the loss of the players. But uh, but also, if you flip it around domestically, they actually did start pretty well. It's the last few weeks over Christmas. It was before Christmas. They lost a crucial game at home to Willem Tsvay, I believe it's pronounced. Yes. Um, who were a shock this season in themselves and won 2-0 at Ajax. And yeah, as you say, over the, the winter break, whatever they were doing, something obviously wasn't right. Ziyech injured himself two weeks ago and looks out for a bit. Mm. And he's their main guy. Tadic isn't on the same kind of form. Um I think there's a Vincent Company style hole that's been left at Ajax with Delic leaving with De Jong and especially who doesn't really get the headlines that they did. Lasse Schoener left. Uh-huh. Was a massive, massive player for Ajax. Left to Cagliari, I believe, in Syria or Genoa. One of the two. Um, and yeah, isn't a headline like they were because he's 31 years old, but was a really, really key player, especially that game away to Real Madrid. You need that experience with all those young players in there. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> Tadic and Schoener were, you know, the experienced heads last season. And without them, without Tadic on form, it shouldn't have gone. Not the same. So Ajax mini crisis, PSV, mm. full-blown crisis. Yes, that's a crisis. That's a crisis, okay. Yeah, they're not actually fourth, they're fifth. Not fifth even, yeah. yeah. We've just upgraded the crisis level. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Oh, I think it's a mix of things. Uh, for example, they lost their best player also, Luke de Jong, that went to Sevilla. Um, players that came in to more or less fit the whole the gap there did not do so well. They didn't do so good in the transfer market. They, at the start of the season, they had really bad luck. Some key players got injured. And then they started the season okay, even though they didn't qualify for Champions League. But in the domestic league, they were doing fine. And then they had this run of two or three matches that were absolutely terrible they got injuries they got two red cards in two matches in a row and then the players got suspended they can't play for two or three matches you can't really substitute them as well so they lost like I think two matches they lost four new or three new they were not expecting then they started dropping in the table 
Uh, now some players that were injured in the beginning of the season are getting back, but they just like Bergwijn for, for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Just doing pretty good at least, right? Nice celebrations the other day too. Oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. And Malen, Social media friendly. Also a 19-year-old, if I'm not mistaken, that was grooming a great season and filling the gap left by De Jong, got injured and I think is out to the rest mm-hmm. of the season. What's going on in the Netherlands? Everybody's getting injured. Yeah. Okay. Just, I feel like with, with some Dutch teams, especially with PSV, are such a good example. One or two players can make you a phenomenal team, as we've seen recently. One or two guys come through and they buy them and they're brilliant. But by the same token, one or two gone, you're screwed. I mean, they sold Chucky Lozano at the beginning of the season to Napoli. Yeah. And then, as you say, Marlon completely covers up the cracks. Everything's fine. He gets injured, bam. Mm-hmm. Bergwijn, sold. De Jong has 28 goals as the joint leading scorer, sold. And then suddenly... You could three or four guys have gone, and your team's in crisis. Um, absolutely, it's, and, and yeah. the PSV, the, the, it's not even muscle injury. They got like ligaments torn, so they're Oof. out for six months. Mm. So it's you can't really make your team again yeah. after that. It's quite rare that you get a league where all the top teams have their players cherry picked every summer as well, isn't it? Yeah, this is yeah. what I mean. So it, there's and no it, consistency. The, the problem the is, teams, really. you have one good season, and in the Eredivisie, it not only makes your team great, it makes you stand out like a sore thumb, and then the big boys come calling. I will say quickly on PSV, though, um, Sam Lammers, that is the guy, um, is their prospect that's now actually getting game time because of, you know, Bergwijn leaving, Lozano, an injury to Marlon. Mm. Um, was alone at Heerenveen last season in his first Eredivisie season, got 16 goals, was a real bright spot. Took him back from the loan, and now I think he's only played two games due to injuries, but he's one to look out for, mm. so potentially. Uh, ahead of PSV... But behind Ajax is Alkmaar. Yes. Can can they do it? Well, no. it will be interesting to see the title race, right? Like last mm. season, it was PSV Ajax to the end. Yeah. So it's nice because I don't think we see that much in Europe. Uh, so I I hope that they keep the the good run. You're skeptical, and though. I'm not sure because they are they're always there. You know, second, third, fourth, mm. they're always there. But last time they won a title, and it was only their second title. It was 10 years ago. So this year they have a difference, which is they have beaten Ajax, Feyenoord, and PSV. Ooh. And they have beaten two of those away. So they beat Ajax in Amsterdam. That's a huge step. So if they cannot, if they can keep that and beat those three teams again in the second half, then mm. it's theirs. Certainly won't yeah. be Sparta Rotterdam challenging for the title <laughs> far too uh, uh, down the table. Mm. Uh, and a final quick word on Willem II? Willem II. Willem II. Yeah. Because uh, I had no idea who they are. I had no I'm, idea who they were either. Oh, okay. I had to good. do but my research. But now you know. Now you can yeah, tell us all yeah, about them. Of course. Actually, did you know uh, Frankie de Jong is not actually from Ajax Academy. It's from Willem II. Oh. Do you know who else is from Willem II? Van Persen. van Dijk. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like two decent players right there. There you go. So this explains a lot. They have a good academy. They form players. They sell goods. They make good Mm. money. And then they usually get other players from uh, very young to fit their academy. Even if they're not born there, they can be raised there, be sold again for a good amount of money. And sometimes they get older players that are already like finishing their career, 30-something, and they come and put the team together. So that, that, they're like the, the kind of one below Ajax. 
but they can feed the rest of the division with great players. Moussa Dembele was on that list, and like back yes, in the 90s, Mark too. Overmars and Yapstam, both of them came through Valencia. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're really known for producing, and even players like Van Dijk didn't even play in the first team. Frankie de Jong made one appearance, and then Ajax agreed to sign him for the rest of the season in January, whatever it was, 2015-16. But they obviously, the club like Ajax, and they know about Valencia. Like, you're not going to be able to tell he's a superstar from one performance. You know that this is a club that bring players through in a good way and that really kind of suit their style of football. And again, they're one team where one or two players has a fantastic season that listen to, you know, wherever they are now, fourth yeah. or third, but it's not sustainable. You're not going to see them. They finished 10th last season. No, okay. So yeah. they're not good. Yeah. It's yeah, a, one-off. Be a one-off good season every sort of five or six years. Yeah, but credit to them. Well, it'd be like Man City. If PSV, Ajax, and Feyenoord feed Europe with their big players, yeah, they're good players, very young. So that Willem II is there yeah, feeding in them. The, feeding them in Same the year. Same with the uh, Groningen as well. So another another big academy side. No knowledge. Oh, Iron Robin, we've got to thank Groningen for. Van Dijk was there as well after Willem II. Oh, Those are great players. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's all from us today. My thanks to Matt, Dan and Joanna. I will be back next week, but should you miss us in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts hit. And if you want to get in touch, you're to do so is podcast at onefootball.com.